This week on Mouse Flicks, Star Wars puts out the Osborne lights, the Jungle Book trailer is released, and we remember Disney's response to the terror attacks of 9-11. Individuals who are sensitive to the topic should listen at their discretion. So silence your cell phones and settle in. You're listening to Episode 7 of the Mouse Flicks Podcast. Mouse Flicks is a fan-produced podcast dedicated to Disney film and entertainment. Lend us your ears for news, reviews, and commentary on the film House of Mouse. Mouse Flicks is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney Pictures, Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, or their partners and subsidiaries. All opinions expressed via Mouseflix Media are solely those of the podcasters and do not represent the views of any other individual or entity. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to Mouseflix. I'm Kristen Dibiase. Let's start the week off right. Last time we talked, I told you about an awesome daily newsletter I read called The Skim. It hits my inbox at 6 a.m. every day, and in less than five minutes, it tells me exactly what's going on in the world in a fun and easy way. If you like this show, then you'll like The Skim. Be that person in the elevator who can chat about more than just small talk. Sound good? Head to the notes for a link and tell them I sent you. I don't make a dime. I just really like it and think you will, too. So, let's talk Mickey and the movies. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It's time for News Nibbles. Oh, so delicious. Well, this is a whole new world. If you'd asked me three years ago if they'd ever take the Aladdin stage show out of California Adventure, I'd have said, when Agrabah freezes over, well, put on your mittens because that's pretty much exactly what's about to happen. Disney's announced that they'll be shutting down Aladdin's Musical Spectacular in January 2016 to make way for, surprise, surprise, Frozen. The new Frozen-inspired musical production will open in the park's Hyperion Theater in summer 2016. Aladdin's been running since 2003, so maybe things were due for an update. But come on, guys, you're really shoehorning it in this time. It's California, not Norway. Now you can get Disney movies anywhere, well, anywhere. The House of Mouse has made a deal with Amazon Video and Microsoft Movies and TV to bring its film service to greater masses. Previously, movie watchers could see their favorite Disney films only on Vudu, Google Play, and iTunes. Now they'll also be able to watch Disney movies anywhere through the apps on Xbox 360, Amazon Fire tablets, Fire TV, and Fire TV Stick. This is in addition to apps on smart TVs, Microsoft mobile devices, Roku, and Android TV. I'm a fan of this because now it makes it a lot easier to rent those movies as well. Although there are classics that I definitely want to have for my library, at some point I'd like to start digging into more of the older fare I haven't seen. But do I want to buy the Apple Dumpling Gang so I can watch it on my iPad? No. No, I do not. 
and I will especially never buy the Apple Dumpling Gang rides again. I'm just not that into Don Knotts enough to fork over that kind of cash. Oh, and just a little FYI, when Disney puts something in the vault, it is in the vault. You can't buy it and you can't rent it either. Come, my friends, stand with me. Press your noses wistfully against the stained glass of Belle and Beast Castle, sad and uncertain of when you'll be able to see them again. Hey girl, Ryan Gosling is going to rub elbows with some grim grinning ghosts. Director Guillermo del Toro's remake of The Haunted Mansion is definitely a go and will most likely star America's favorite meme heartthrob as the lead. The movie will be based on the Disney theme park attraction of the same name. Back in February, Guillermo and the Gosling palled around with friends for nearly 12 hours on a brocation at Disneyland, the alleged site of their discussions about pairing up for the film. Del Toro is a huge fan of the amusement parks and of the Haunted Mansion attraction in particular. They were treated to an exclusive dinner at Club 33 and had a VIP guide. With his involvement in the film, Gosling would be returning to the fold, if only temporarily. He got his start along with Brittany, Christina, and JT as a member of the Mickey Mouse Club. This was back, of course, in the days before Disney Channel morphed into the Play-Doh tween celebrity factory that it is today. When, exactly, work on the movie will start is another question. Maybe soon, maybe not. Del Toro doesn't seem to be in too much of a rush. He's only been in talks with Disney regarding the project for, like, seven years. His new take on the film is rumored to be a darker version of the previous one, which starred Eddie Murphy and came out in 2003. Let's hope it's also a better version. The light has been consumed by the dark side. Just when you thought you'd heard all you could hear about replacements today, there's news out of Disney's Hollywood Studios about the demise of the Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights. The show has been a holiday tradition at Disney World for the past 20 years and features millions of lights synchronized to Christmas music and is a key attraction during the holiday season. It's kind of a big deal. So what's happening? The holiday show is being scrapped to make room for the park expansion tied to the new Star Wars and Toy Story lands. Disney promises a dazzling Star Wars-themed show that'll debut when the new land opens, but the outrage from holiday park goers and Disney traditionalists everywhere has already begun, and it is loud and angry. I mean, when you think about it, it's kinda like Darth Vader kills Santa. If you want to say your fond farewells, head to Hollywood Studios to see the Osborne lights for the last time between November 6th and January 3rd. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And that, friends, is that. On the morning of September 11, 2001, 19 Al-Qaeda terrorists on a coordinated suicide mission hijacked four commercial flights with the intent to destroy symbolic American landmarks and any individuals who were inside. Two of the airplanes crashed into the north and south towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. Within hours, both buildings had collapsed, killing thousands of the inhabitants and first responders who had come to their aid. A third attack damaged the Pentagon, and a fourth plane aimed at the U.S. Capitol crashed in Pennsylvania before it could arrive in Washington, as passengers on the flight attempted to overpower the hijackers. 
All told, the horrifying terrorist attack on American soil resulted in the deaths of just short of 3,000 people. Do you remember where you were? I was in college, woken up from a sound sleep by the jarring ring of the telephone and the panicked, worried voice of a friend who had relatives in New York. Miles away, thousands of tourists and Florida residents were enjoying the day at the most magical place on Earth, blissfully unaware of the tragedy that was unfolding. And then, the park completely shut down. Walt Disney World and Disneyland were, and still are, on the federal government's list of potential terrorist targets. As news of the attacks broke, Disney employees immediately snapped into action to evacuate the parks, rides, food, merchandise. Shops and attractions were closed, and guests were ushered to the exits by cast members and security officers joined together, shoulder to shoulder, in a chilling reverse rope drop. The cheery music and carefully planned background ambiance that usually envelops the parks was noticeably missing as announcements of the park closings were blared over loudspeakers. In order to prevent panic, irate park goers were not told the reason why they were being evacuated and were handed re-entry tickets without question, but word began to spread among the crowds as the news trickled in. Frustration and anger subsided and were replaced with shock and disbelief. And all Orlando theme parks are closed tonight, and for only the second time in Disney history, Central Florida's largest theme park is closed. Local 6 reporter Louis Bolden has the story from Disney. Terrible. Um, I'm petrified. I think it's awful. I, I can't believe that a plane went into the World Trade Center. The news spread quickly. The fun and fanfare came to a halt at Walt Disney World Resort, and the fastest-moving ride was the stream of cars exiting the park as Disney closed its doors. We made the decision this morning as a precautionary measure. Um, as you know, we put the safety and the security of our guests and our cast as our highest priority. About 200,000 guests were ushered out of the park. Within an hour and a half, parking lots were empty. Tourists from around the world were shook up. I'm in shock. It's, I'm nervous and I have the chills. And Those tourists from New York City were desperate to end their vacation, desperate to get in touch with their family members back home. My concerns are for my family. My uncle works in the World Trade Center. So I don't even know what to do right now. Others say being at the park just didn't feel right. And what some call the happiest place in the world seemed to have a cloud over it. Unbelievable. That's exactly it. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. It's just such a tragedy. It's, it's, just, like... it's just not real. Not real. Across the country, the time difference allowed the staff at the Disneyland Resort to respond far enough in advance to prevent the happiest place on earth from opening at all. A story featured on the website LaughingPlace.com has interviews with Ginger Fleming and Tim Miller, two Disney cast members who were at Disneyland in California Adventure that day. That article also includes never-before-seen photos that Fleming and Miller took during the days of and following the terrorist attacks. On both coasts, scores of guests were stranded due to flights being grounded. The resort hotels became an additional focus, as cast members did their best to make visitors comfortable as they could, especially children who couldn't understand why they couldn't stay in the parks. Over the next several days, guests were permitted back into the parks, but the atmosphere was maudlin. I can only imagine what it must have felt like to be a cast member during those days, having to put on a smile in the face of so much sadness, or even to be a guest, feeling guilty to be having a good time in the midst of everything else that was happening 
or possibly not even having a good time at all. A recurring theme mentioned among cast members was the feeling of emptiness that overtook the parks. One former cast member noted how quiet and empty the Magic Kingdom was, devoid of laughter or even the typical sounds of tired families squabbling. Guests were quiet. They all walked slowly and didn't make eye contact. It was awful. It was somber. It was raw emotions masked by the idea of a vacation. This past Friday, and all of the other September 11ths that have passed in each year since 2001, Disney has held an event in the parks where people are able to join together and remember what happened that day. It is a day many of us will never forget, but it also forces us to savor the magic in the moments we do have with each other. Disney will release the trailer for The Jungle Book tonight on Access Hollywood, but for now, you can see a glorious six-second sneak peek on the production's Vine account. Director Jon Favreau leads a star-studded cast that features Neil Sethi as Mowgli, Sir Ben Kingsley as the Panther Bagheera, Bill Murray praising the bare necessities as Baloo, Scarlett Johansson as the sinister snake Ka, Christopher Walken lending his signature sound to the Monkey King Louie, Giancarlo Esposito and Lupita Nyong'o voicing the wolves Akela and Raksha, and Idris Elba terrorizing the jungle as the ferocious tiger Shere Khan. The film is using motion capture to bring the story to life. A week or two from now, I'll be a guest on the Behind the Magic podcast as part of their Tournament of Podcasts. There are three rounds in the bracket, Trivia, Creativity, and Wit. If I can squeak through the trivia round and just get to the creativity and wit, I might actually have a chance at this thing. The problem is the trivia. I listened to the first matchup of round one, and I am scared, kids. The first pair of podcasts have been on the scene for quite a while. Really smart and knowledgeable people, and they bombed big time. You can hear the questions and the rules of the game on Season 3, Episode 5 of Behind the Magic. Link is in the show notes. Stay tuned for more information. And that's a wrap. Mouse Flicks is a production of Mouse Flicks Media and is produced by me, Kristen DiBiase. The Mouse Flicks podcast theme features music by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com. To all of you out there in the world or the land, thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Tell your friends, yell it from the rooftops, and most importantly, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Comments, questions, or suggestions? Email us at mouseflix at gmail.com. Find us on the web at www.mouseflix.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mouseflix. And tweet us at mouseflixcast on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon, and remember, popcorn's always better with a little pixie dust. Everyone thinks that scene is so iconic. You know, he's up there on Pride Rock, 
He's holding the kid up above everyone, and people think it's great. Well, guess what, you guys? Wasn't supposed to happen that way. All it was was a serious diaper bomb.